Hey podcast people, how's it going? Azrin, the language nerd here. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Monday morning or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, and of course on TikTok. My username on all these platforms is identical. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T. AZ or Z, depending on your country, R E N. You can also simply search Azrin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social network is. So, again, that is spelled A Z or Z R E N, the Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. The first thing I want to talk about is a bit of a surprise, or rather, a surprise for me. In my Mandarin class at the University of Calgary, I had to do an in-class composition. Basically what that means is in the class, we're given a topic that we cannot prepare for, and we have to write a certain amount of text based on that topic. So last week on Friday, yes, on Friday, I went to the class, we had our composition. The topic was pretty interesting, something I haven't really, it's a type of topic I've never really had before. We were given a series of four different black and white pictures. And basically the teacher said, hey, I want you to make a logical story connecting these four pictures, which is a type of assignment I've never seen, but nevertheless, I was able to do it. Now, as I've mentioned many times on this podcast, writing in Mandarin, like physically printing characters and writing with my hand is something that I am not the best at. It's something I struggle with. It's not something that comes very naturally to me. And so it was a, it was a difficult process. Luckily, we were allowed to have a dictionary. And so I was was allowed to use that. I was able to look up certain words and characters that I couldn't remember how to write. And that was really, really useful for me. But at the end of the day, I ended up writing a good half page less than what we're supposed to write. And the vocabulary I used was generally, uh, I would say, quite limited. And I repeated a lot of the same words over and over. Because again, I was just trying to fill up the map. I was just trying to basically write and hit the minimum length for the essay and and do it using characters that I know I can write or characters that are easier for me to write, things like that. And surprisingly to me, I got an 88% on the assignment. It blew my mind. I was expecting a 60 or like a maybe a 70 something, but I got 88 and I was like, wow, that is a nice surprise. On the topic of writing and actually, This goes in a little bit of a larger language learning scope of discussion. Um, Something really weird has happened to me when it comes to writing in Mandarin. Very suddenly, remembering how to write characters has been a lot easier. I don't fully know why. The only explanation I I could say is finally, after, you know, five years of learning Mandarin, finally the characters and being able to write them and having the muscle memory for writing them. Finally, it's starting to slowly but surely stick in my mind. Versus before, I would write a character and seven seconds later, if you told me to write it again, I'd forget how to do it. I could write the same character 20 times in a row, maybe not 20, 10 times in a row. And if you told me two minutes later, hey, do you wanna write that character again? I likely would have forgotten how to write that character. That's just how bad it was. But now it's become a lot easier. And it reminds me that when it comes to language learning, you know, often what tends to happen 
is we'll study, we'll study, we'll practice, we'll practice, we'll chip away, we'll chip away, we'll work, we'll we'll read, we'll write, we'll speak, we'll listen, we'll, we'll go through programs, take classes, travel. We'll work and work and work. And there are these select few days in our language learning process or these select few moments where things click. Suddenly, something you thought was that was something that you thought was really hard for years, suddenly one day makes sense or suddenly is a lot easier. And you're like, oh, that makes sense now. We all experience it with different aspects of language learning. Some of us it might be with writing, like me with characters. And by the way, I still have a long way to go with characters. I'm nowhere near where I'm nowhere near where. I would like to be in terms of my writing ability, my printing ability, but it's clicked a lot more than it ever has. Sometimes it's with speaking, like one day you're like, oh wow, speaking is actually a lot easier than it used to be. Things just click after a certain point in time. And one of the things that's important for language learners in my perspective is you have to, you have to understand that you might go through, you know, these periods of six months, one year, year and a half, three months, these extended periods of time where it's going to be really, really hard, but eventually it does click. And my perspective anyway, my perspective is that the, it's, it's, it's crucial for you to not wait for that day that it clicks. Don't wait for the click. What I mean by that is many people, many language learners, they're studying and they're waiting. They're, they're like, oh my God, when will the day come where everything finally falls into place? When will that happen? Oh my goodness. And they're sitting around waiting for that day. And it's kind of like the, the expression in English that we have. You can't wait for a, what is it like? You can't, a watched pot of water doesn't boil or, or something like that. Isn't there an expression like that? Regardless, what I'm trying to say is when you're waiting for it, it's an excruciating, it's an excruciating, excruciatingly long process. Was that correct grammar? Who cares? It's a very long process <laughs> and it's a painful process it, 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 it's not fun. You have to focus more on the process of learning. Just focus on the process and understand that eventually things start to click. Um, and actually, while we're talking about clicking, let's define this click. I think a lot of people feel that when language finally clicks into place, when it finally starts to get easier, I think that many people feel that when it clicks, it's suddenly easy like their mother tongue. But that's really not what happens. When a language clicks, you'll have many moments of it clicking, many moments where it suddenly gets a little bit easier, a little bit simpler, a little bit more straightforward. It's not that it gets as easy as your mother tongue, it's that one day you feel like it got a lot easier than it used to be, but it still might feel really hard. So characters, for example, I still have a lot to learn. I'm still nowhere near like anyone else who studied Mandarin for five years. 90% of those people are probably way better than me at writing and printing. I've been very slow at learning printing and writing. I've been very, very slow with it and I'm still not very good but I'm better and it feels a way, it feels a considerable, a considerable amount easier than it used to. Sometimes with speaking, right? Like I think about, I actually, here's a good example, Gujarati. I think I mentioned it in a podcast once or twice recently, where suddenly reading was way easier than it used to be. I'm still garbage at reading. I'm still not good at reading. I'm still slow. Like if you take a, I don't know, a nine-year-old in Gujarat in India, they probably read more fluently than me. 
They, in fact, they might even have a more expansive vocabulary than me, potentially. That is possible. Think about that. So a nine-year-old has more vocabulary, reads better, speaks better, listens better than me. And yet, I still had a moment of clicking. So it's not that it magically becomes as easy as your mother tongue or super easy or comparable to your mother tongue. No, 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 no. It just gets a noticeable amount easier than it used to be. And this is a good point to remind everybody of something that people often forget, myself included. Um, we have to realize that language learning, I said this before, this is not the first time, but it's worth coming back to, and it fits right into what we're saying. Language learning, in my opinion, and my experience, and based on what I've seen with other language learning, does not necessarily get easier for quite some time. Like, no matter how much you've studied and learned, it's not that the language feels easier. The language is going to feel equally difficult for the most part for a long time. What is going to happen is that with that level of mental struggle, you're going to be able to get a little bit further. Think about going to the gym. I don't really go to the gym, but I'm, I, I mean, <laughs> it's funny that I always use going to the gym in these types of examples, but I don't go to the gym. I do my exercises at home and everything. But regardless, um, I, I know it's a it's a good um, it's a good analogy. We can use this. Going to the gym, when you first start going, it's hard, right? It's you've never done it before. You're using these muscles that 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 you that you've never used before, and you can't lift very heavy weights. But you keep going over time, and you go over time. You get used to it, and you work really hard every time. In an ideal world, you work very hard every time you go to the gym. Now, you you know on your week number three of going to the gym you might have exerted a similar amount of energy. You might have felt really tired and your muscles might have been very sore after that workout. And after month seven of going to the gym, you might feel very similarly. You might feel like your muscles hurt, you're sore, you put a good workout, but you accomplished more. You lifted heavier weights. You did more repetitions. You, you were able to accomplish more in month seven than you could in week seven for example, because your muscles were stronger, you were better at working out, you got better at that skill, your body was in better shape. And language learning is the same thing. In the early phases, you're putting in a lot of effort. And in the later phases, you're also putting in a lot of effort, but the effort you're putting in, the mental effort you are exerting in the later phases of language learning, that same effort gives you much greater results, but it still feels difficult. So again, it all ties into this moment of clicking. It doesn't suddenly just become magically easy in one day. It's not really how it happens. There's not this particular day where everything is now super duper easy. And if that day comes, it's such a far, it's such a far point down the line. It happens after such a long point of study. In my experience, for most people, it takes such a long time that there's, no, there's almost no point aiming for that as your primary goal. You should aim for something more achievable, aim for something that is going to happen in a shorter period of time and not in five, four, three, seven years. Does that make sense? It's it's definitely a key thing that I want to stress for all language learners who are listening to this. Let's uh, change gears just a little bit and let's go into something uh, into my personal world. I have not been doing the greatest job with my personal fitness lately. In fact, even with my personal nutrition, it's actually gone down a couple of notches. 
anyone who's listened to my podcast or watched my content, you know that my fitness and my health has been something I've consistently tried to get better at and improve since uh, 2016. Roughly the spring of 2018 is when it all started. And I've taken a couple steps backwards, which by the way, and this is again, not the first time I've said this, but it's just true. So I'm going to say it again. And I think we all need reminders in my opinion, right? In my opinion, in my experience, it is okay to slide backwards. It's not about if you slid backwards for a week, for two weeks, for a day, for two days, for three days, a month. It doesn't matter if you slid backwards. What matters is that in the big picture, in the long term, you've moved forward. That's what matters most. And so for me, I've slid I've slid backwards a little bit on fitness and nutrition, but I'm not I mean, I don't like it, but I'm also super fine with it. I'm okay with it because life is always in flux. Life is always changing. Life is always evolving. And there's things that are always, it's a fluid. It's almost, it's almost like a liquid. It's like water or something. It's always changing directions and, and very movable, malleable, etc. And so I'm, I'm okay with that. I know that I'm going to get back on the horse. I know it's, I'm going to be better than I ever was. And I'm going to say something on the record that I've never said before. This might never happen. It might never happen, but I wouldn't be shocked if it did happen. Probably, I would say in a, I don't know, something like a 20 year window, something in that, something in that range, 10, 15, 20 year window. I would not be shocked if at the age of, I don't know, 35, 37, 40, I would not be shocked if I actually am in excellent shape as an I eat very clean like I eat very well I am in good shape like I have muscles like I actually have muscles and I actually do have strength and flexibility and balance I wouldn't be shocked as a 40 year old man if I had some like basic parkour skills and like I could do like I wouldn't be shocked if the things I could do with my body are things that are nowhere in the galaxy of what I can do right now. I wouldn't be surprised because I know that I've been this way my whole life. My whole life, I've been someone who, uh, I'm someone who likes to gradually improve with things. I've always been that way, one step at a time. And, you know, assuming I live for a long time, if I'm continuously trying to get one step better, one step better, one step better with my health and fitness, I wouldn't be shocked if I kind of get to that sort of point where I am in very good shape in a 10 to 15 to 20 year window. And I'd actually encourage that for a lot of you guys. I I think there's different frameworks we can follow both with our lives, both with language learning, like with everything. There's different types of frameworks we can follow. And, And, you know, certain people like to follow these frameworks of high intensity and trying to get a lot done in a short period of time and running sprints and doing things like that which is respectable. And, and if that's what works for you, fantastic. I think that there is a, um, there's another group of people who can, who can definitely benefit, can definitely benefit from a slow and steady approach of moving, consistently moving forward, but inching forward, moving forward slowly like a tortoise or a turtle, slowly inching forward. And over a period of 15 years, you've made a lot of progress. The one thing that we have to be careful of if that's the sort of if that's sort of the approach you're choosing to follow is to make sure that you don't get lazy, to make sure that you are actually moving forward at all time 
and you aren't worrying about, and you aren't saying, oh, because I have 15 years to accomplish blah, 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 I'm just going to do it tomorrow. It's okay. I have a long time. You can't get complacent. In fact, maybe the best way to put this, this is actually a, the most accurate way I've ever said this. If you look at my life on a day-to-day -day basis, most days I am incredibly busy. I am working a lot on my work-related goals, my personal goals, keeping up with friends, watching my Netflix even. like like There's a lot of things that matter to me. And I'm busy. I actually posted about this on Facebook. Monday through Thursday, I am like booked solid. I'm busy from 10 a.m. You know, I wake up at about 8.39, 8.30-ish, somewhere around there. I get ready, all of that. But then 10 o'clock, all the way until about probably 10 a.m., all the way to about 11.30 p.m., I'm booked. Like, I'm booked. 11.30 p.m. to about midnight, 12.30, 1 a.m., maybe 12.30, actually. 12.30 a.m., I have like an hour of nothing really going on, and I might, who knows what I'll do, just rest or get ready for bed, things like that. But it's busy. Friday, Saturday, similar. Friday, Friday, Saturday, there's a good, you know, at least seven to seven or more hours that's just scheduled, booked, of work or whatever. It's just busy with stuff that I want to work on. Sundays are the only day that I try and keep pretty open. It's the only day. But so on a day-to-day -day basis, I try to accomplish a lot. But I also understand that I, I, I also... How do I say this? But I don't expect anything good to happen for 10 years or five years or 15 years. Does that make sense? And that kind of framework ensures that on a day-to-day -day basis, you're trying to improve and you're really doing your best. You're squeezing out every minute possible. And, you know, you... Um, but you also are not having expectations of things happening tomorrow. I think that's a good framework for people to follow with language learning, with life, with everything, with health, right? I think it's a good framework to be following. So um, there's nothing else I really want to share on this podcast. So I appreciate your attention. Thank you for listening. And we will talk very, very soon. Bye for now.